Welcome to the Dance Studio Empire podcast, a mix of business strategies, simple tips for studio growth and success with a touch of inspiration, motivation, plus raw and honest conversations to ensure you are building your studio empire. I'm your host, Jen Dalton, studio owner for 30 years, dance business coach, and author of the book, Teaching Dance Beyond the Steps. My business philosophy is creativity is our superpower. And I believe we all have the means and ability to infiltrate this into our studio. Just sometimes we can get too busy, distracted or overwhelmed to see that. And so this is exactly what I am here to help you do. Okay then, let's do this. Hit that subscribe button, sit back and relax. Now let's get ready to build your dance studio empire. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Studio Empire. And today I'm going to be talking about probably the most asked questions from studio owners, which is how can I increase my student numbers or how can I get more enrollments in my studio? The answer to this question is multi-layered and you'll find that many of my podcast episodes have an underlying current that help you with this very thing because there isn't just one simple answer. So in today's episode, I'm going to start by talking about five things you could consider to not only find more students, but have them enroll and stay for, well, years, hopefully, because that's the goal, right? (laughs) We want them to stay. So let's get into it. First thing, you really need to be clear with what it is your studio offers and the type of students that are going to thrive there. The reason you do is because you need to be marketing appropriately to your ideal parent and student. When when you are marketing, you want to be using relevant images and videos and really consider the, the language that you're using in your communications across all of this. So I'm talking social media, I'm talking on your website, I'm talking even the conversations and the things you have in your in your studio space. For me, an example, we are a recreation studio. So our focus is on friendships and kids having confidence and every child feeling like a star. So for us, the images that we're using, the language that we're using is representing that. It's kids with, you know, dad's tried to do a a ballet bun and, you know, he's done a really good job, but it's not quite as tidy as we hope in our head, but they're there having fun. They're in their uniform, cuddling, having a great time. It wouldn't be beneficial for me to have a picture of a prima ballerina, for example, in our marketing, because that's not what people are going to get when they come to our studio. So for you, you just need to be very clear what your student offers, your studio offers, and just make sure that your marketing is then appropriately and accurately showing that to your potential clients. Okay, the second thing, enticing new students to come. So I want you to think about what will make your studio stand out. What would the families that come to your studio really appreciate or benefit from? Is this getting something for free, like a free T-shirt if they enroll? Maybe it's a ticket to a VIP audition for a performance team. For us, one thing that we do do that stands out from others is we offer for any family who has three or 
any subsequent number of children dancing in their family, they actually only pay for two. So they only pay for two siblings. They, of course, are the ones who pay the most throughout the week. However, um, this is really enticing for families, particularly with large families. And I can feel some of you probably spinning in your grave right now thinking, oh my gosh, she's leaving all this money on the table. But I really don't look at it like that. Um, I would rather more bodies in classes because there's actually more marketing opportunities and there's more opportunity for them to have friends to come and then them to bring extra people to concerts. So I, this is a whole episode on its own and which we'll go into um, at a later time, but that's something that makes us stand out. So families who have, you know, three or more kids that want to dance, they're likely to come and try us, but find what it is that works for you and your area. Okay, the third thing is to consider the journey for any new student or any new parent from the very initial contact they have to the first time they walk into your studio. So for yourself, think about if you were going somewhere new for for the first time or maybe you have children of your own and they're trying a new activity that you're not really sure how it runs. Have a think about the things that might Uh, questions that might go through your head, reasons that you might feel hesitant or a bit of fear or anything that might be like, you know what, it's too hard, I won't do it. Because these are the questions that may stop any new enrolments coming to your studio, whether it's for a free trial or their first lesson. So how can you answer those questions? Is it with an, um, an email series on the lead up to them coming? Maybe put together some videos or even pick up the phone and have a conversation with them. Remember, you just want to alleviate any uh, hesitations that they might have or the day that they're getting ready to come, maybe they're like, oh, no, I don't know what to wear. Oh, I'm too I'm too overwhelmed. I'm too nervous. I won't go. So have all those things answered for them. And then a really good idea is to send them a quick reminder about their, their first class just so they don't miss it because you know everyone is so busy now there's a lot going on and possibly they made this booking you know weeks ago so just send them a reminder and 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 it can be a really quick email looking forward to seeing Stephanie on Wednesday at four o'clock she just needs to be in comfortable shoes make sure she has a drink bottle with her and we can't wait to see her so that is then reminding them it's alleviating them of any last minute concerns or questions they might have so they're likely to turn up Now, moving on to number four is to ensure that the classroom experience is clean and clinical. Now, this point is a real make or break because it's here where they're going to decide decide whether they loved it or they didn't love it. And so that's pretty pretty likely they're going to enroll or not. So it's worth taking some time to make sure the classroom experience, whether it's you running the class or you have teachers running the class, is run exactly how you want them to run it. And this could be knowing their name, welcoming them at the door, introducing them to the teacher, to the class, if you're not taking that particular class. Knowing their name is really important, I think, in that first initial contact that they have, or even the class teacher knowing that they're expecting, oh, hello, Taylor, we're looking forward to seeing you today. Come in and um, I'll introduce you to the class. So little things like that, those very first initial touch points with them when they walk through your studio doors, 
again, could make the difference between them enjoying and loving the class and enrolling and not. Remember, the more comfortable they feel, the more likely they're going to enjoy their lesson quicker. And then the more time they're enjoying it, the more likely they're going to enroll. So it is really important for studio owners, if you're not teaching these classes, to make sure your teachers know your expectations. So that from the acknowledgement, the introductions, and then giving them clear instructions about where to place their bag, where to sit, where to stand, things like that, because that's just going to take away any, again, fears or hesitations that they might have and just really love and have a lot of fun in the class. And then finally, number five is the after-class follow-up. Right. Now, there are generally four ways a first class is going to end. First up, you're going to have those that run out of the classroom. Mom, Dad, I loved it. I want to join and I want to do more classes. These are the ones they're going to hopefully enroll there and then. Okay, so if they are that type of person, they're ready to sign up. So make sure you're prepared with the paperwork or the iPad or whatever it is that you need to sign them up. If it's bank details you need, get them on the spot. If it's paperwork they need to sign, have them sign it. If it's uniform, have the uniform out ready for them to try on so they can get that as well. They, they're ready. They're, so make it as easy and as simple for them as possible so they don't even have to think about it again. When my daughter joined a new swimming club, um, it was so good. I have no idea about swimming, right? So I'm not a swimming mum. And we turned up, she had to do a trial session for this new club. They did the trial session. They said, yes, we'll be accepting her. They handed me an iPad. I filled in all my details. I filled in all her details, filled in our bank details. So I was automatically on their email list. The, the credit card was linked. So payments were able to be taken out straight away. I didn't have to think about that again. I walked out and I've, I'm done. So it was, it was a no-brainer for me because it was so simple. And so if we can replicate that sort of thing in our studio, then it's going to be simple and a no-brainer for our new enrolments. Second thing with after-class follow-up is they may say to you, I'm just going to have a think about it and we'll get back to you. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely fine. What I suggest you do is have a bit of a script in your head about how you will respond to that. And usually it's like no problem at all. Hop in the car, have a chat with Madeline and let me know what you think. I just want to remind you that class is filling up fast. And so there's only a couple spots left. So if she does decide she wants to continue, maybe shoot me through an email or give me a quick call so I can make sure she gets a spot and you don't have to wait on the waiting list. So creating that little bit of FOMO, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, so yeah, but just definitely have that planned. Don't make them feel bad about it, of course, but have that script um, in your head so that you can say that when they say to you, I'm just going to think about it and get back to you and you can just be no problem. The third after class follow-up is you actually determine that they're not the right fit for your studio. Now, this is not a bad thing. I think it's actually a really good thing if you're confident enough. Again, if I have that mum walking in and she's walking in with a chorus shoes and she's, you know, practically got a feather boa over her shoulders, she has her four-year-old in, um, you know, a pancake tutu. She walks into my studio. I know that I'm not going to be able to give this dance mum what she wants because we don't offer that. And what she wants is absolutely fine. But I would then suggest to her, look, I, I love that you're here. I, however, I don't think I can give you what you want. 
there is a studio a couple of streets away. I know they're very highly focused on ballet and their exam work, and I think they might be a better fit for you. So why don't you give them a call? And in most cases, parents are so grateful for that because they're like, oh, wow, you know, they don't just want me here for my money. For you as a studio owner, they're not then going to become a problem because you're not meeting their expectations. So if you determine that, be confident in, in sharing other studios. Don't, don't look at other studios in your area as competition. I always, <laughs> I always go back to saying people are always going to be having babies. So our potential clients are forever in the making. And there's enough to go around, you know, that mindset of scarcity, it's not a thing. There are enough children and dancers to go around for all of us. And it looks really good on you. If you're confident enough to stand there and say, we're not going to be able to help you, but I'd love you to try, you know, the next door neighbor. That's no, it actually is a reflection on you and how you run your business. And it's it's good for everyone, the ones who are currently enrolled and potential customers. And finally, your after-class follow-up is for those who just decide that this class isn't for them, your studio isn't for them. Hopefully they're polite and they thank you for your time. Thank them. Again, have that script in the back of your head and just say, you know, thank you for coming. It was lovely to meet you. Totally understand. Just remember we're always here. Um, If you do change your mind in the future, you know, just give us a call. And what that does is it leaves them on feeling a positive about your business, you are kind. Um, So when they're in the playground and a parent says, oh, I'm looking for a a particular studio that offers this, this and this, they'll pipe up and say, oh, we tried at a studio that did that really well and they were really nice. It wasn't for us, but um, why don't you give them a try? And so it's basically marketing, you know, <laughs> although they didn't enroll, they could be the the good vibes that they spread out to other people in the playground. So that is your other way to, to still get new enrollments, even when people don't enroll. So they're the five things for you to consider that will help you increase your enrollments. Like I said, it is multi-layered and, you know, pretty much everything you do works towards increasing your enrollments. Um, It's just a matter of not honing in and focusing on one thing only. Because umbrellaing it all, so the attraction, the finding the right people, the getting them through your door, is your marketing and branding. And I know for some, including myself, thinking, creating, designing marketing can be sometimes overwhelming and draining. You know, we've got a lot of creative stuff going on in our brains and this is another facet of it and I know it can be hard. So I've actually just put together a social media booklet which has 125 social media content ideas and fun studio challenges for studio owners and I'm happy to give it to you. So if you'd like a copy, I'll just leave the link below in the show notes. And so just scroll down and you can click on that link and grab yourself a copy. Well, that's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed it and been able to take something away. If so, please follow the show and share it on your socials. But more importantly, don't forget to tag me at Dance Teacher Central so I can say thank you. So until next week. Keep focused, keep smiling, and keep building your dance studio empire. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dance Studio Empire. 
If you enjoyed it, please share it on your stories on Instagram and be sure to tag me at Dance Teacher Central so I can say thank you. And if you really want to support me and the show, I'd absolutely love for you to leave a rating or review. For all the latest from me, you can follow me at Dance Teacher Central on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to tune in next week for more strategies and tips to ensure you are building your dance studio empire.